You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you, you just, just want to ask your mom. mom. Hey, welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Renee Sproles. And I'm Bonnie Blaylock. Well, welcome back to part four of our grandparent series, where we get real with some grandmas and great grandmas and talk about their lives, their approach to parenting and grandparenting, and just try to get some wisdom from these amazing women who have, as we like to say on here, live some life. That's right. Well, on our previous episodes, we've mentioned that more and more grandparents are providing care to their grandchildren raising them entirely. And it's increasingly common for grandparents to be the primary caregiver when both parents are working. And also they provide, as we know, a much needed respite so parents can take that night out together. Yep. And grandma and grandpa's home is the perfect place to start showing kids that they are loved, safe, and secure in their homes. And as our children see how other families work, how other relationships succeed, and how other homes can be safe and loving too, they just get such a boost. I mean, you know, we always talk mm -hmm. about how um, you only know your own family and then you get out in the big wide world and you're like, wait, you're right. <laughs> Other families work differently. Normal's just a setting on the washing machine, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that's all you know. <laughs> so I'm excited today to have my aunt Pat Thweet. That's my mom's little sister. And she's also good friends with Pat Whitaker, who have both been on the series recently. And they suggested we reach out to you about grandparenting, especially grandparenting a child with uh, autism or who's neurodivergent. So welcome, Aunt Pat. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Mostly, right? Mostly. <laughs> I am an extreme introvert, yes. so she had to twist my arm a little I did, bit to, I did. To, to get me on here. So I'm excited um, for our guests to hear from you. I think you have tons of wisdom to share, but we always start with a bio. So can you just tell them a little bit about yourself? Um, okay. I had my kids pretty early in life. I was 21 when I had my first daughter, 23 when I had my next daughter, and uh, 26 when I had my last daughter. I had graduated from college, met my husband, got married, and boom, started having a family. I was a stay-at-home mom for several years to my youngest was, I think she was in the third grade, and then I began to do a little of this and a little of that on the side, but my, my love and my, uh, my love is teaching. I, um, was a biology major, chemistry major. And when I went back to work, that is what I, that is what I did. I taught all kinds of sciences. Um, and how long have y'all been married? We've been married 47 years. Wow. Yeah, 47 years. Uh, I was in your wedding. Yes, you were. A lovely flower I felt girl. so fancy, Bonnie. <laughs> Very fancy. Aww. I walked down with Uncle Bruce's youngest brother, brother mm -hmm. which felt very fancy. I was like, I'm walking with this. He was how old, I guess? When I think he was 13 or 14, maybe. Oh, yeah. Maybe. So I was big oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was big stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <I didn't see laughs> that. And it was a fabulous 70s wedding. The pictures... I love all the clothes, mm -hmm. your gown, mm -hmm. my dress that I wore, like it's probably coming back, but 
It's it's that very wedding, timeless. That wedding gown cost me forty five dollars. I think. <laughs> awesome. I think that's what that cost. It was a gunny sack. That, so. is, that oh, is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I love that. I, it it's just yeah. I mean, it is already childhood decade. It is. So I guess I would love it anyway. Yes. But yeah, yes. I loved all that. Like, it has worn up. better than the 90s yeah. Cinderella princess dress oh, yes. that I wore. Yes. Um, it's worn I, a lot those better. Those sleeves. Those sleeves. Oh, my goodness. They were as big as my face. They at were. Least. As big as your face. Exactly. <laughs> right. And the big giant bow on the butt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I, my husband had... Um, had several different careers, but landed on, he felt a call to ministry and we, we have lived all over. Um, we went into ministry. Let's see. I can't even remember the year the girls were, were, uh, I don't know. Emily's probably fifth grade. So it was, it was, we moved that took us, that took us away from here We've lived in North Carolina, we've lived in Tennessee, we've lived in Georgia, we've lived in New Mexico, we've lived in Washington. So a lot of my grandparenting has been long distance mm. because it was only when we moved finally for, for retirement, moved back here, that I was in close proximity to my grandchildren. Oh, that's great. To some of my grandchildren. Because they all we stayed need- here. Well, well, no, not, and, all, of not all of them. Yeah. No, they've all moved yeah. around. Everybody's yeah. been everybody's been moving okay. around, which yeah. is which is typical, don't you think? Nowadays, yes. sure. Yeah, yes. mm-hmm. yeah. So that that puts an added kink in it, you know, as far as grandparents. Right, goes. and we just scratched the surface of that with Pat Whitaker, and so we, I think we can unpack that today. Some that'll be a great. Yeah, are there grandparents that we interviewed both of them? And yes, the, had were sort of in the same area. Yeah, for most of the time. Right. So that's different. Yeah, so it is different. is vastly different. So how many do you have? How many grandkids? I have six. I have um, three girls and three boys, and two live in two live in Florida. One lives in Texas, and three live here. Okay. So I have I have three here that I feel like I'm grandparenting, mm-hmm. and the others, you know, you do your best, mm-hmm. but it's difficult. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, and let's just, let's talk with, let's talk about that since we're there. Mm -hmm. What do you do to stay connected to those ones um, who are far away? Because they've been far away when they were young and now far away when they're older. Yeah. Um, The two in Florida, I I honestly feel like I don't know. Mm -hmm. And part of that is the difficulty of all of us being introverts. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. in a sense, being introverted can help you understand another introvert, but it also can be a difficulty too. Mm-hmm. And so we're not big reacher outers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I just really don't feel like I know them. How often would you see them as they were growing up? Maybe once a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. less than that. That's yeah. kind of how I was with both my grandparents. Just ge- because of geography, really. Yes. And, you know, back then, and with means. a big family, you don't travel. And exactly. means and, yeah. and, and the economic yes. aspect of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. Um, so do you yeah. all write letters or do you FaceTime um, and that kind of thing? We text uh-huh. some. Um, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the ones here, you've been very involved with at least of late, when y'all moved here. Right, right. Um, talk about that dynamic. Okay, that that is a is a completely kind of different dynamic than seems to be 
in the media right now for grandparenting. We, I'm, I'm their primary caregiver mm-hmm. for two, for the two boys. Um, one's 13, one's 10. And the 10 year old is the one that um, has autism. So when I moved back, he was 18 months old, I think. And his older brother was four-ish. And because I've been a teacher, and I was a teacher also at the elementary school level in Washington State, I worked with a lot of kids that were neurodiverse and worked with the lower 25th percentile of kids for reading and math. So I had quite a bit of exposure to kids with autism and ADHD and ADD and the and uh, all the letters. And um, so I observed him and I thought that there was something not quite typical. And I just kind of kept that in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, when I brought it up to my daughter, it was very upsetting for her to entertain that sure. thought. But as a person who had worked with kids, I knew that there was something that wasn't typical. Mm -hmm. So, um, he wasn't identified at age two, although I had identified him. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing some things with him that I just knew might be helpful, but he was officially identified at age three. And then he, he got all the therapies and went to school and, and, um, and as the primary caregiver for them during the day, I'm the one who I've been the one to take him to therapy since he was three, and he's mm-hmm. now 10. Um, I've been the one to kind of um, do the things with him at home that need to be done, right? Um, not that my, not that her, his mom and dad are not doing it, but because I have him for that big chunk of time, sure. it, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of fell on me to do that. So, mm-hmm. so my grandparenting with them is, is, vastly different I mean it's almost like they're my own kids Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so which we were in our research we were finding is more and more and more common Mm -hmm. that um grandparents and and really around the world and not in America that is the norm is for the grandparent to be the one who's um like in South America we were reading it's Mm -hmm. very common um in China um you know we always joke about seeing the grandparents orbiting the stroller of the one, the one child, <laughs> the one child. They were caring for the child during the day while both parents were working. Um, and then sure. Africa, Africa. Caitlin, my daughter-in-law, totally. said that was just no- aunts, grandparents. That it's such communal living. You're mm-hmm. you're not raising your own child. Your people Everybody is. are raising your child mm-hmm. with you. Yeah, which sounds honestly so much better if you get along. If you get along and you have good <laughs> sure. good good rapport. Family. Yeah, yeah. That that to me like. I say it all the time on here. I'll say it again. When Emma is over here with Dottie Lou, life is easier for everyone, including Dottie Lou. Mm. It's better for Dottie Lou to have all of us, not one worn out person mm-hmm. is the one who's dealing with her when she gets a little chippy. Yes. Or and, and knows the things that she needs to help her calm down mm-hmm. or to. Yes. Yeah, they're yes. all, it's the same set yeah. of things. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I can't remember the numbers that we found, Bonnie, the percentages, but it's a high percentage right. that of grandparents who are starting to do this. So, um, 
more and more because of life circumstances, yeah. like we said, double yeah. income families, but also <laughs> economics of having older parents come and live with you and, you know, older children come and live with mm-hmm. the parents. It's just economically mm-hmm. more Which, feasible. by the way, um, we, David and I watched this Blue Zone documentary yeah, series Netflix. and Singapore is incentivizing their citizens to live um, within one mile of their extended family, maybe a mile, maybe it's probably kilometers. And, and a lot of them are just choosing to live in the same apartment building or the same apartment. Mm-hmm. And they're getting like tax breaks, big, big tax breaks. It's better for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's better for the grandparents. It's better for the parents. It's better for the kids. It's so interesting to me. It's kind of coming back around. Well, you know, grandparents traditionally were looked at as the 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 wise sages of mm-hmm. the family, you know. But it's good that if you have have that wisdom, but if it's not accessed, it's not doing anybody any good. No. So to build a relationship with your with your grandchildren to where they feel like I I think I need to talk to my grandmother about this or you know that kind of thing that doesn't happen with contact once a year mm-hmm. true mm-hmm. that happens with slow steady day to day trust and love mm-hmm. so that that door of wisdom is opened mm-hmm. absolutely and I also think it matters the relationship between the grandparent and the parent. Oh, yes. Because not always, those doors are not always open. Um, wisdom is not always welcomed. What mm-hmm. Maybe it's not perceived as wisdom. Maybe it's perceived as... Meddling. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So that's tough when you... So you know, you need to know when to hold them and when to fold them, <laughs> you know. And, and, and my thoughts on that are, is that you just observe observe and if there's something that you see that you know is not good just shut your mouth and try to just wait it out a little bit because it may be revealed we're three for three on that piece of advice yeah that's interesting if you if any of you moms listening would like for your parent to listen to these podcasts (laughs) (laughs) we here's your chance to just Bookmark this, download it, save it, <laughs> send it along, and maybe cut this part out. Maybe they can't hear this one. Also true for our generation, Renee, who are who have young married children so and true. with just now learning how to be grandparents. Yeah, yes. That that common refrain. I think it's Anne Lamott who says the W A I T acronym. Why am I talking? <laughs> if they <laughs> Ooh, haven't that's asked, good. Love Anne Lamont. <laughs> they haven't taught asked you then you don't give advice that's right that's right you do you do need to always wait and that's true for most relationships very well, few if, if you think back to your own parents would would you have welcomed someone coming in and giving you a lecture unsolicited mm-hmm. about something you were doing yeah no no <laughs> You would not. So you need to extend that courtesy to your own children, as yes. hard as that may be sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes that's the way people learn. I know. It's the hardest. <laughs> yes. It's been the hardest of all the things yeah. so far. That's important, especially across that in-law divide, because they didn't know me like they knew mm-hmm. David. Yeah. Uh, so there's all, there's that huge, I don't know about you, but I felt like that was a huge learning curve. As, a, as an in-law, this is not really grandmother related, but just when my kids married, like there's a, I, there's such a history with your own children and you don't have a history with this other person. 
and that's hard and scary. And I, I, you got to, I listened to this, the, my Catholic app the other day, Bonnie. They were talking about um, one of the ways to be gracious to other human beings is to give them the benefit of the doubt until mm-hmm. you have been proven to see otherwise sure. yeah. instead of being the skeptic. Because I always am giving my kids the benefit of the doubt, but maybe uh, not. Yeah. Not <laughs> the other person I don't know as sure. well. And that extends in grandparenting, grandparenting as well, especially when they're young parents. You were a young parent. Emma and Thomas are young parents. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I view our job is to cheer them on. Encourage them. Encourage, cheer them encourage, on. Encourage, encourage. Yes. Yes. Carrots, not sticks. Yeah. Because, Who doesn't need more of that? Yeah. Because then they might come back to yeah. you and ask you some things that you've been wanting them to ask right. you. Because you then you have become a safe them. place. Yeah. Right. You're for them. You're for them. Yeah. Okay. I want to circle back real quick before sure. we move on to the from the long distance grandparenting, which we kind of already did. What would you tell yourself, your younger grandmother self, um, to do differently to stay connected to those kids long distance? Have you thought about like what you might have changed? Yeah, I I think that I could have done a better job of of just keeping in touch with them. Um, I mean, like we always touched base on, always sent them things for holidays and and things like that. Um, but but yes, I, I I I let's see. She's 17. Were we texting 17 years ago? I don't no. think so. Uh-uh. So it would have been email or something like that. And and as children, they wouldn't have probably had access to that. So I've, I think I kept in touch with the parents more than I kept in touch with the children. And that is probably something I would change. We were in that weird um, time of history where letters were not really common anymore. Right. But you're right. Like some people were texting, but certainly not a five-year-old. No, sure. no one in any generation should be texting at five years old. So, it, yeah, it's tricky. We were talking with Pat Whitaker about um, voice memos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard that. The I introvert's friend. Yes. Because you don't have a video screen. Exactly. <laughs> my my sister used to send uh, drawings, you know, their kids would do mm-hmm. to the grandparents so they could just have regular contact that way. Mm-hmm. And then the grandparents would send back something that yeah. they did. Or um, there's all kinds of monthly subscriptions that you can do now. Like um, I know, especially for little kids, remember the highlights magazine we used to do? Yeah. I yeah. Love that thing. Grandparents made that subscription happen. So every mm-hmm. month it would be, remember grandma sent this yeah. to you. Grandma mm-hmm. and granddaddy did this. Now, so nature I, you books know, I did do some of that, but, but not the, the heart and soul day to day living Yeah, that you do when you live with your yeah. grandchildren you close can't. by. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just can't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and so it's a different relationship. I didn't not love my dad's parents because they were far away. I just knew them differently yes. than I knew your mom and dad. Yes. I think it may depend more on the parents. Um, because my parents, I remember had photos. We would talk a lot and go through photo albums. This is granny and grandpa, you know, when you can't see them except Mm -hmm. once a year, maybe, Mm. or when we were overseas for that long period of time, we didn't see them at all. It was pictures and photographs and family stories and funny things that, that I did. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, So you're keeping them in the front loop. of mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Bonnie, I can't remember if it was Pat's interview or my mom's, where you talked about y'all sent reel to reel audio. Oh, yes. Yeah. That was in Pat's, I think, because uh-huh. I remember that. Yeah. 
Right. That's a lot of work. That dates me. That's really cool <laughs> that they did that. It is. I mean, that's really forward thinking. That's on their what part. you had to do. Yeah. In the to hear their voice 60s. and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. David's parents have the same thing that they, uh, David's dad's parents retired to Florida and they would send cassette tapes. They'd fill oh. it and then they'd mail the cassette tape back. Uh-huh. And what a treasure. It's just like you're chatting on the porch. You're just, it really is. Here's been the weather and here's what's going on <laughs> like, next uh-huh, door. Here's and, what I'm doing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's 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 a great way. I think that's probably our top thing that's bubbled to the top for long distance is that kind of audio, just voices. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what a treasure too, digitally now to have mm-hmm. that forever and, to keep and ever. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. So okay, let's talk about when your grandson was diagnosed. Um, you 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 described the timing of that, but you saw it coming. You maybe when you got the official diagnosis had already decided. But how did it make you all feel? How did you react, you and Uncle Bruce? For me, um, I, it, 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 you would think that I would just be in pieces over it, but because I was so familiar with working with kids with autism, I was like, well, okay, then these are the things we need to be doing Mm. and we need to just start looking for a good speech therapist. And, you know, I kind of went to my to my teachery place mm-hmm. and my, here's the problem. Here's what we need to do to help the problem. <laughs> um, and of course, um, I've asked Bruce this question several times. I've said, if, if we could wave a wand and, and take autism away from Rory, would, would you do that? And he said, well, of, well, of course I would, because for him, and I said, but that but I, and I said I understand that, but that would make him a completely different individual from the Rory we know. And so I've had to kind of think about that. And would mm-hmm. I do that? Yes. Well, um, and Bruce was like, "Okay, then we are going to help with this. Mm-hmm. We're going to be there. They're going to need support. They're going to need support in ways that our other." Kids have not needed support with their grand with their grandkids. We're here. This is what we do. This is right. what we do. I this talked is what to we do. Um, some dear friends of ours. You know, you'll know who they are. Uh, their daughter had an accident before she um, gave birth, and so their son had has all kinds of difficulties and he will cerebral palsy and among other things. Mm-hmm. And the grandparents are. I think that's their same attitude. It's just just this is this is our life. This is what you do, and it's just. You learn a new normal. This is how things are going to be. Yeah. And he's still our grandson. Exactly. We will love him just like we love all the other oh, ones. Oh, we love him to bits. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a shifting of the mind. Um, and in the and in the literature, and boy, did I ever get into, you know, schooling myself mm-hmm. more in depth on what I need to do. They kind of describe it as you've you've you're expecting a baby, and it's like you've you've planned a trip to Paris, and you've packed and you've got all your stuff, and you get on the plane and you and you're going to Paris, and you're so excited, and then whoops, you land in Iceland, and Iceland was not where you were intending to go, but Iceland is where you are. You don't have the right clothes, but you get the right clothes. You see different things. You don't see the Eiffel Tower, but you see the Northern Lights. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's a different, beautiful thing. Mm. It's still beautiful, mm-hmm. 
but it's not the beautiful you were expecting. Right. And it takes some time to, to get, to get that as part of your makeup that this is, this is okay. This is, this is going to be fine. This is what we have and this is what we're going to love and, and help and do. My goodness. Isn't that all of life too? Oh yes, it is. It's all of life. And so, um, it, it was not a hugely impactful thing for us, except that, you know, it ca- has kind of changed what we do as grandparents. Mm-hmm. Sure. Say more about that. Well, I, <laughs> I've learned that I've learned not to particularly scroll through social media and Instagram and, and all the things because... I see these grandparents doing this and doing that for their grandkids, and I, and it makes me sad mm-hmm. because that's not something we can do, frankly. Right. Um, not in Paris, but you can do other things in Iceland. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um, our time is kind of tied up. You know, um, we we. Um, Pick, I, I picked the, in the during the school year. My duties are the you know I'm the pickup person. I'm the homework helper person. I'm the you know let's decompress from the school day <laughs> person. Um, and then in the summers, I have them seven to five. Mm-hmm. And wow. with with Rory, he needs a highly structured day to kind of get through his day. So summer, summer is kind of hard because, you know, I've got the, the board on the fridge and the things written down now that he can read. Um, you know, he's got his schedule, but it's, um, it's very time consuming. And so I don't really have a summer. Mm -hmm. My summer is kind of managing that. Mm -hmm. And your other grandson who is not neurodiverse, I would imagine we, we have observed in just pondering this topic that the one who is typical, 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 right. They can kind of like they're, they don't need as much so they can kind of get a little bit overlooked. Never, not intentionally. I don't think any parent or any grandparents intending to go, oh, let me just focus all on that. Right. It's just the thing that presents itself is the child who needs more time. Right. How do you manage that? That That is tricky, and that is the, probably the thing that I've thought the most about. So I try to do things with him, um, and in fact, I brought it it's in my purse. I, I found these. Um, he's an introvert. So he's, you know. Are all not, of you introverts? Yes, we're all introverts. <laughs> <laughs> the quietest family get together. I was just gonna say quiet. Oh no! When we get together, it is like woohoo because you're all comfortable with yes. each other. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, Introverts unite. That's right. In, in your own in homes. your own homes without anybody else. Um, but I found these cards, these conversation cards. Oh right, yeah. So and good. He, so good. He loves. He's since he's an introvert. He's very. Mm, cognizant of emotional feelings and that's so I'll he's 13 which is yeah that's tricky they're not they're not gonna tell you a lot anyway uh but these cards he loved to do them so we would do that in the summer we would we would pull cards and 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 the cards are fabulous and and would lead us into conversations we wouldn't 
have gotten into otherwise. Um, I read with him. Mm. Um, uh, so good. I know you're such a reader. You're a voracious he, reader. I am. And he's not as voracious a reader as me, but he's his own person. We have to, that's one, another piece of advice. Your kids are born persons. Mm-hmm. You're not guaranteed a voracious reader if you're a reader. I mean, you just aren't. So you go with what you have, right? Yeah. yeah. So I read with him. I talk with him during the school year about his history and what's going on. I read about that myself so that I can supplement that, augment that, Mm -hmm. have a way to come into a conversation with that about something he's doing at school. I'm his math tutor. So I give him a lot of attention during the school year. He, um, his, his gifting is not in math. Same. We could say the same. His gifting is not in math. (laughs) And so, um, that's, part of my part of my role so he and I have a very close relationship sounds like yeah Yeah. on a lot of levels that's really cool on on emotional levels Mm -hmm. and 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 yes and spiritual levels too so Mm -hmm. I've just made a real effort to try to connect with him on those levels yeah Mm -hmm. and that's a great piece right there because you can spend all day long with your grandkids and not have that kind of close relationship in specific areas like you just described, because you're not necessarily being intentional about right. conversations like that. I think that's so beautiful. It's not just time. It's what you're doing during that time. Yeah. yeah. So even if you're a dis- long distance grandparent, you can craft mm-hmm. things like that. You can ask questions like that back and forth. Mm-hmm. By text. I know. And probably know more about them than their parents will. That's a good thought. And mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about using that, that box we in need that to, way. We yeah. need to do a link to that. If you'll just tell us what you okay. bought afterwards, we'll put sure. it on our show notes so people can connect yeah. to that. Yeah. Listen, I, I was just considering getting some for me and David. It's like, we've been married 31 years. <laughs> they have them for that too. We're like sitting there, there in the I evenings like, okay, what else? Like, what else do we have to say? <laughs> like, let's, uh, we've, pl- I feel like we've plumbed the depths and I know we haven't. No, you haven't. Uh-huh. And so it's time to get a little bit of help. <laughs> Pull the card, David. Pull the card out. And, oh, what's uh, your favorite color? <laughs> no, it's more than that. It's, wait, yeah, it's more than that. It's cool. Um, have you have you gotten ideas or support from other grandparents who have a similar experience to you? You know, when you're in Iceland, I'm sure there's other people in Iceland. Yes. Um, one of the things that was a great help to me early on was uh, Vanderbilt. They have a fabulous program uh, that supports um parents of autistic kids um and uh, i mean when it came time to potty train i was panicked because not only is he not only did i not have a boy to potty train right you didn't that was new (laughs) now i have a a neurodivergent boy Mm -hmm. Uh, vanderbilt uh they have a whole thing on how to potty train Children with autism. Ah. I went exactly by their method, and it worked exactly as they said it would. So it is a it is a fabulous resource. If any of you out there have children with autism, grandchildren with autism, go to Vanderbilt and check out their resources. Did you just go on to a website? Did 
What did you do? Um, I'm trying to think of the name. It's got a it's got a name, but I'm sure if you if you just Google Vanderbilt mm-hmm. University um, and maybe special needs or something like that, mm-hmm. it will come up. But it, it's it's fab. They run they run programs monthly. They're free. They mm-hmm. provide childcare. It's it's wonderful. Wow. Emily went to it. I went to it. Allie went to it. We all went to it so that we could all be on the same page with yeah. how to do things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Because in important. the beginning, That's you're important. completely... You don't know where to start. Yeah. They help you start. Oh, that's great. We yeah. need to find that and maybe put that in the notes. Yeah, so yeah. We can do that for other parents. So I just did a little searching on grandparenting with special needs kids, actually kids with various diagnoses, whether it's mm-hmm. terminal or um, something they're going to live with their whole lives. And what what they recommended on Focus on the Family is several things you've already mentioned, which was... Um, acceptance, right? That you're in Iceland, not yeah. not France, mm-hmm. and be fearless. Different personalities, I think, would be more fearless than others. I could see you just being like, "Okay, yeah." As you just here we go, mm-hmm. here we go. This is what we have to do. Mm-hmm. So finding that place inside you where you can be fearless, find that well of and strength. There's gr- grief that happens. From time to time, mm-hmm. I know it. It overwhelms Emily from time to time when you think about the future. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I would say don't think too much about the future. You have the day you're given. You, you know, you concentrate on right now, and the and the future will kind of take care of itself. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. biblical. Yeah. It's- I was just thinking of the <laughs> desert series we just did uh, yeah. on our trip to New York where um, Psalm 23, God leads you through these green pastures. And, and the green pastures that we think of are not waist high alfalfa. They are mouthfuls of grass. Teeny little, tiny little, teeny tops. little mouthfuls of grass in the middle of a desert. Right. And it's, you follow that shepherd and it's just enough for that day. Yeah. You, just enough. And then you walk through the dusty desert to the next little patch of grass he brings you to. And, and, um, and I think that, that is abundance though. That is abundance. Cause you're yeah. with him the whole way. Yes. And the still waters are the murky pools left behind after the flood. Right. It's the not floods. a babbling it's brook. It's not a babbling like brook. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Right. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. For all of us, honestly, the thing is if we don't, if we're not in Iceland, it's easy just to be in Paris and sail along. Right. And not really have to rely, like you have to rely when you're faced with that kind of um, challenge yeah. for right. you to for you to learn and grow and bend and and help that person that God has blessed you with. Right. And mm. and there's blessings in that. There's so many many, many sure. blessings in that. For years, I've prayed to be more compassionate. It was kind of a scary prayer because I didn't know what that would look like. I know what it looks like now. Mm-hmm. Sure you do. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. My grandmother, um, her one of her sons got spinal meningitis when he was two. And he became, they, their recommendation at the time was to institutionalize. Right. Because they just didn't have mm-hmm. the means back then. They didn't have the knowledge back then. But she refused. And so for 33 year, more than 33 years, 36 years, I believe. Um, he lay in a cot 
in the dining room, nonverbal, non-mobile. Mm-hmm. She fed him baby food 36 years every day, every meal, changed his diapers every day, every meal for 36 years. And you talk about a lesson in compassion right? for her grandkids that came. Mm-hmm. That was something else to witness. That is amazing. That's a, that's a beautiful legacy you have. Because we talk about stuff getting passed down in your the DNA and be- that, your that cells. Is, that is so beautiful. It's it's, it's terrifying to You're me not sure what to make beautiful. of it as a kid. You know, when you see other children who are, yeah. are different, who are not typical, who yeah. are not, you know, mainstream, it's difficult as a child. And I think other parents need to. Uh, I'm sure your daughter does. Um, and you do. When you're with other children in a school situation or whatever, you know, you're just welcoming welcoming them into that. And mm-hmm. here's how you react to him. And here's how you behave with him. And yeah, he's we got a, feelings too. Yeah, we had a next door neighbor with a little girl about his age. And I and she was very friendly. She was obviously an extrovert. So she would come over when he was outside and she would try to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And so I just told her, I said, he he has a different kind of brain than you. And he probably won't talk with you, but that doesn't mean he doesn't like you being here. Yeah. And um, and she was very accepting of that, and uh, and just yeah. Was, kids, kids when you flex. make it not scary, yeah. Yeah. they flex way more than we do. I think. Yeah. They're, mm-hmm. they're so adaptable. Mm-hmm. It's so good for us to, as young as we can, to be exposed to all different kinds of people. He it's was really in beautiful. a he was in a preschool program at Northfield. Um, that was uh, mixed with typical children and kids with special needs. And that was a program that a lot of people had to sign up for to get their typical child in. People were wanting to have their typical children in with kids that were not typical for that very reason. Mm-hmm. And so it works It works well for both. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think most parents would think to do that. I don't I know. I think that's, that's, that's a great little gem for people to consider. Yeah. Um, in the homeschool world, a lot of times um, when those, these kind of diagnoses came up, moms I met had ended up pulling their children because they couldn't get, this was in Indiana and North Carolina, couldn't get the resources that they felt like their child needed mm-hmm. in a school system. And so our children in co-ops were exposed to a variety of children. And yeah, we were, the moms, we were there, we could just talk them through you know, when you brush up against them or you touch them, they're not feeling that the way that you feel it. And if they um, are loud with you or push you, it's only because it's just too much mm-hmm. and you cannot, you cannot respond in kind, you know, and just learning those things. And I just watched my kids go, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I, I was like, wow. <laughs> you know, like when I get cut off in traffic, it's not really like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, it's so it's they're so adaptable. Don't underestimate your children, and seek seek those families out. You're right, mm-hmm. um, but I will say that it's kind of a lonely, it's kind of a lonely place mm-hmm. because you know you see other kids having birthday parties and yeah. things that they go to, and 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 that's just not that's just not him. Mm-hmm. So um, there's certain things you can't do but there's a lot that you can do and as he's gotten older he's gotten more verbal and more um, 
able to withstand like the noises and things. So it's, it's easier for me. Like I could, if I'm going to run errands or something, I take him with me. He loves to go. And he is very, like, he'll just greet people, you know, and it's so fun for me to see him (laughs) just go up to somebody and say, Hey, how you doing? Or something like that. And, and I can see the reactions. It's just fun. Yeah. And that's that, I mean, that's a, probably a long journey that he's oh, been on my to goodness, get. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because for, for the first like six years, he never went out to eat. We couldn't take him out to eat. Uh, we can't just couldn't go to the movies. I mean, there's things mm-hmm. that people don't think about that, that families of, of, neurodiverse kids can't do or, or, or is really hard to do mm-hmm. just those simple things that you take for granted yep. that now, you know, he can, he can go out to eat and he's been to the movies. And as long as it's a movie that there's a lot of kids also making noise, that's fun, that's, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's, who knows? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what will be in store in the future? That's, that's right. right. That's right. I would say on that, just continue with that article, we've, you've mentioned everything that article has said, which is be ready to help mm-hmm. and be available to help um, <clears throat> either with the, the child who needs extra help or the, the children who just need to be taken to the regular activities. Right. You could do either or. You've, you've mentioned yep. all those I'm things. I'm the taxi service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Being available to do all the things to give your, yeah. So good. Well, what do you, what would you say to somebody about to be a grandparent for the first time? Particular hmm. advice or? Let's see. Cautionary tales. Right down. <laughs> um, I would say, remember that you're not the parent. That ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not the parent. You are the support person. Love the child you get. Mm. Just because you, all your kids played soccer and you lived on the soccer fields does not mean you're going to be blessed with that again. Mm -hmm. You may have a child with different gifts, a grandchild with different Mm -hmm. gifts. Um, That's great. That's great. That's going to stretch you. That's, you know, just be there, I think, as a support and not a critical face. Yes, you're older. Yes, you know stuff. But you had to learn that stuff. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so let your kids learn that stuff too. Right. They learn it way better figuring it out themselves than for you just. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Giving a parenting 101 class, that's Mm -hmm. for sure. That's for sure. what, What kind of things do you do, Pat, to pass along spiritual influence to your kiddos? I, I, I have a Bible that I love to read with them. Um, and just a regular grown-up Bible? No, no, uh, a kid's, okay. a kid's Bible. And I'll give you, and you can put yes, a link put to that link. too. It's yeah. my favorite children's version. Um, and we, and every time we were, this is in the summer when I have more time with them. Um, at breakfast time, we will read. They're captured if they're at the breakfast table or at the lunch table. <laughs> yeah. So whenever they're at the table captured, then I will read Bible stories to them. And um, when Emmett was, a, when when the older sibling was a bit younger, he would um, 
request that if I forgot it. And so he's been introduced to God and some of the some of the stories of God in that way. As we as we move through the day, my comments about God range from isn't it beautiful that God made this for us to see or God uh that I don't know that that would make God very happy or you know things I I talk about God not as a as kind of a as kind of a friend that I look up to and he has he has gotten the idea that that Mop is serious about this God stuff. I'm 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 Mop and Pop. It's, okay, that's our which name. we didn't ask. We, we didn't to ask. <laughs> I, I so, love that Mop, Mop and Pop. So another great name. I've never heard that before. That's very <laughs> unique. Where did that come from? Uh, my daughter Emily has a great sense of humor, <laughs> and and coined that. And she said, "I think I'll have them call you Mop and Pop." And I was like. <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, I'm mopping. Yeah, we are mopping pop. That's <laughs> awesome. So, I love it. To he, all of the grandkids? No, just to just to those two. Okay, what are you to the other ones? Well, the quick story about that is that I think I was 50. I don't know when you became a yeah, grandmother. 50. 50. Okay, I was 50. And, and Allison and her husband were in Honduras. They had just been married since February of that year. And she and I kept up with each other through email. And so she was um, in charge of the medical clinics there at the mission. And so she, <laughs> she wrote me about this, this baby that she had come into the clinic that was, she would write and tell me about the cases because she knows I'm sciencey and I like to hear all about that stuff. So this baby had come in covered with lice, oh. about a four month old baby, weighed four pounds, emaciated, uh, sick baby and the mother just left her just left her so Allison took the baby and put her put her in the local hospital and I say that with tongue-in-cheek because this hospital had dirt floors and dogs running through the corridor mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff um so she went to see the baby every day and so developed a bond with the baby and that baby is our oldest granddaughter so love her Aww. Amazing human. <laughs> anyway, so uh, she had told me about the baby, and then um, about a month or so later, I got this email that said, "Well, they're allowing they're allowing us to take the baby home, and we're going to take care of her because she's been deserted, she's been abandoned." She said, "So I guess your grandmother." <laughs> oh well, and I was like, <laughs> "What?" wait, <laughs> I, what? And so it just sort of dropped in my lap uh -huh. and I didn't have any time to get used to the idea or anything. And I thought, she said, what do you want her to call you? And I was like, I have no idea. And I was, I was like, well, my sister, Nancy, they call her Nana. I said, just Nana will do. Nana will do. Well, I'm not a Nana. I'm yes. just not a Nana, but, but. You're not Nanalee. I'm not Nanalee. And, and I knew it didn't fit, but I didn't have time to come up with anything else. So, so that family calls me Nana and the next set of kids that were born call me Nana because I hadn't thought of anything else. But the last set, 
it's mop and pop. Mop yes, and I love that. <laughs> I love it. That's <laughs> so funny. I mean, really, it's not like an adoption even because you usually here in America, you wait and wait and wait. So there's right. those years of anticipation. Right. If you're pregnant, it's nine months of anticipation. It was a um, complete. Out oh of nowhere. Yeah. I got to get down there and see the baby. <laughs> and, you know. Did you go down? No. Did you visit? We couldn't go down for about. Oh, I think it was uh, it was close to a year before oh, we wow. got down there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, uh, so you've had several different. You've had an adoption grandchild, mm-hmm. and you've had this neurotypical grandchild, mm-hmm. and then you've had a slew of other ones. And yeah. yeah, so your your refrain of you get the kid you get. That's right. You get the child you get, and you That's love right. them as they are. Absolutely it comes from lots of different perspectives. I love that. Which yeah. is so God, right? It's That's so, so God. God. It's inclusive. Every, it's so inclusive. Every yeah. person made in the image of God. You're, it's just every single human being uh-huh. made in the image of God. The end. The thing that I love about Rory, that most of the time, I won't say 100% of the time, <laughs> but I will say 90% of the time, he is happy. He is smiling. Mm. What a great person what a great person to be around Mm -hmm. you know Mm he um he's he's so easy to be around Mm. and it and and that's it's not always true for neurodiverse kids Mm -hmm. but as I reflect back on it he's been treated with kindness and love from the very very beginning and patience and you know, we do our best. It's not always that way, but we do our best. And and he's just he's just a lovely kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so of course mm-hmm. he would thrive under that environment. Of course. Um, What's something they can count on when they come to your house? Good food. Mm-hmm. Good coffee for those that drink coffee. <laughs> Good music. Yeah, Good. Uncle Bruce is a musician. He's a musician. musician. So it's mm-hmm. not just records or... Yeah, he's a... Oh, he's playing. He's got instruments and things. Mm-hmm. Oh, 12 guitars or that's something. Awesome. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. a big keyboard. Rory is very musical that's... and loves to go in there and just in the music room and just pound away on the keyboard. Um, a peaceful place. It's a place that my oldest granddaughter, so... Um, has used when life was just too much for her. Uh-huh. It was just like, Nana, can I come spend the night at your house? Sure. Come on, come on. Just a um, a peaceful place. Mm-hmm. I love that. Oh, and I love that they know that mm-hmm. enough to ask for it. That's, that's yeah. Special. I mean, I used to do it with your mom. I mm-hmm. mean, I could just go over there anytime, really. Yeah. And walk across the cow pasture and go hang out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a, it was a peaceful place. And it's a great place to just get one-on-one, you mm-hmm. know, depending on how many kids are in your family. Yeah. To just get that needed attention. It sounds like a place, too, that, um, and I don't even know you, this is the first time we've met, <laughs> but it sounds like a place where if you walk in, somebody's face is going to light up because they see you. Mm-hmm. And you are you are going to be delighted, yeah. in, you know. Yeah, yeah, Bruce is so good about that. Um, I'm I try to be, sometimes I'm in the bed taking a nap over, and that's fine too. <laughs> I think you've heard that. Like, but he's like, I'm so happy to see you. Come in. Uh-huh. You know, a place where you're welcomed yeah. and a place where people listen to you. Mm-hmm. 
And I asked Bruce over breakfast this morning, I said, what would, because one of the questions is, what would you do differently? I said, what would you do? What would you as a grandpa um, tell yourself as a parent, as a younger version of yourself? And he said, he said, I think, I I wish I had, I had uh, spent more time with open-ended questions with them. Mm. And that's the cards. And I said, and that's, and that's what the cards do, help me do with, with my grandson. Right. Is that they're, they're just open-ended questions where you are being asked to express your thoughts instead of somebody constantly telling you their thoughts, you're being asked to express your thoughts on things Trivial things, important things, spiritual things, any any kind of thing, to grant you the dignity of even as a child, knowing that you're a separate person with thoughts of your own, and that those thoughts are valuable, right? And give an insight into who you are. Mm. I and, think as parents, we're so we get so wrapped up in. The schedule and yes, the, the house life running and the lists. Yes. We've and, got to go here. We've got to right. go there. We've yeah. got to get supper. We've got to get the clothes washed. Yeah. Right. So you there's just... no time for questions like that. The questions are, where are your shoes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and do you have your stuff for school yes. tomorrow? Yeah. And making sure all the boxes are checked. And there's not a lot of time for the grandparent kind of questions. And the time is what I think that grandparents can can make the most use of. It doesn't matter how much money you have. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what kind of house you live in, where you live, but you have time and you can talk and you can draw your grandchildren out. And in doing that, you're forging a relationship that will last a lifetime, mm-hmm. past your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can give that information back to their parents. You know, did you know we had this conversation today and I found out X, Y, Z about this. Yes, I know I've done that. This is how they feel about this. Yeah, that's, gosh, I would have loved to have had that extra insight (laughs) into my kid's life. Yeah, it would have been awesome. From some outer source. Which makes me think, we haven't asked you, what was your relationship with your own grandparents? Because you were much, you came along much later than my mom and the two brothers. Right. Um, How much later? 11 years later. So there was like my three siblings were in a chunk. Mm-hmm. And then 11 years and then me. So I was That's kind why of, you call her the baby sister. Oh, yeah. she was really she's a baby. Way, yeah, she's <laughs> yeah. way younger. So I was like, I think that I grew up sort of like an only. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I knew I had these brothers and sisters that were off doing whatever they were doing. But- I was like an only child. Well, I've been thinking about this a lot and that my grandparenting is is mirrored in my relationship with my granny who lived with us. So, my grand I don't I didn't the only two grandparents that were alive when I was born was my my dad's mom and my mom's mom and my mom's mom granny lived with us so when i came home from the hospital she was there she was there my whole life so for me a grandparent is somebody that lives with you and is part of your family she was my companion 
because mm-hmm. I didn't have a brother and a sister my age. Mm-hmm. She played cards with me. She taught me how to play solitaire and crazy eights. And all. I'm a great card sharp because <laughs> I think of my granny. She made my clothes. She taught me how to knit. She took me out and taught me all about the bird. She loved to go outside. I would go outside with her. She would, she would tell me this is that bird or that bird. And she would, she loved to garden. So I would help her in the flower garden weeds whatever and she and she and I would sit out in that swing remember the yeah, swing out absolutely. front we'd yeah. sit out in that swing and count the cars on Lebanon Highway as they would go by she would count this direction I would count this direction we would see who won <laughs> then we would do you count the you, I'll count the red cars you count the white cars we'll see who wins I mean just stuff like that and you think that's such a nothing activity just <clears throat> Not to kill nothing. some time it's and a that core is memory. what you are remembering it's that, a core memory that's yeah. That is nuts. Don't and, discount. It's and true. I've done that with with Emmett. Oh yeah. Cuz y'all sit, ha- y'all have a lot of we cars. We sit to go on by. the front porch and yeah. we count the cars on Jones Boulevard. Yeah. And how many and he'll say, "Well, I think there's going to be more red cars." And he's learned <laughs> that there's more white cars than there and yes. he needs to choose that <laughs> if he wants to win. I mean, that's just you know, what Amen. I'm what I'm trying to convey is is that my grandmother and I just did life. Yeah. Yeah. She did not take me to the movies mm-hmm. or take me out to eat or plan a cruise or I mean you know the stuff I see now yeah that grandparents are doing I'm like man that's not me that's yeah. not me we did life together yeah. and that's what I, I remember us rescuing a baby bird that had fallen out of the nest and and feeding and keeping it in a shoebox and feeding it with an eyedropper and then letting it go Things like that. That's so neat. Yeah. Bonnie, your heart's singing, isn't it? I know. I know. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah. I love it so much. So my view of grandparenting is that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just where you take the kid along with whatever you're doing and you talk. Right. Yeah. And that's where you're, that's really where you're imparting your wisdom is maybe you're skipping the parent generation and you're imparting it to mm-hmm. the grandparent generation mm-hmm. or the grandkids. The grandkids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, they're the one you're spending time with. Mm. parents are busy whatever right. but you're giving all those little morsels and those wonderful memories to the grandkids who never forget them so good how many decades later are you sitting here telling us I about know. a baby bird that's just so sweet that's i mean so okay sweet. so she sat and did it with me i mean i was little when she passed away mm-hmm. i was two or three yeah but I, I i don't know if it's a memory from a picture or if it's an actual memory because i don't have a ton of memories in general of my whole life Sadly, if there's not a picture of it, I, that's it. It's gone. Mm-hmm. But I remember sitting in the swing, certainly with grandmother, your mom. Right. But I think with her too, They w- we would count the cars and she would scrape an apple with a, with a blunt knife, like a butter knife. Yes. She would scrape it, scrape the flesh and feed it to me. Uh-huh. I can, I'm. Like yes. applesauce? Yes. Like applesauce. Like. She'd mm-hmm. just scrape a fresh apple and yes, feed it to me. Yes, she did that for me too. <laughs> that's Core funny. memory. <laughs> Loved it. I, I felt like a princess, really. Yeah. <laughs> she, we weren't pretending princess or anything. It just felt so lovely. I think I've got a picture of you in that swing. I'll have to Yeah, and we did. Look. We counted the cars, and I always picked red or green or blue and always lost. Same mm-hmm. story. Yep. Because <laughs> you think you'd learn and I pass know, that on. I would be yeah. like, oh, oh, okay, I'll pick white. <laughs> okay, but what does that say? That says that what is your most valuable thing is your time. Yeah. Yes. And your time and your attention. Yes. Attention. I can do that. Time and attention. I can do that. Yeah. yeah. That's all. That's a democratic allocation to um, 
to people, but much more than the money, yeah. you know, um, circumstance, mm-hmm. um, things like that, that life happens, but that, yeah, you're right. And that has been a theme across all of these interviews mm-hmm. too. It's not the gifts you're getting. It's not the mm-hmm. trips you're taking necessarily. It's not all the extravagance and, you know, fun and entertainment. It's just the simple time and tension. Yeah. Cause that, that, that stuff will pass. It that will. stuff's not memorable. It's, it's, to some degree, it may be with how much you interact during those those moments and right. times, but they're going to remember you. much more you. about yeah. you talking mm-hmm. with them. And yes, yeah, you know that she she said I'm not really like all. I, I don't know if I'm going to fit your demographic. <laughs> oh I'm like Aunt Pat. Seriously, yes, you are. <laughs> we first of all we have a wide variety of people who listen and some who aren't even moms who just listen but, for life advice. But I'm, I'm not the recreational director grandmother. <laughs> That's okay. That's great. Cause there's those we love out that. there. We love that. that and they're hearing, you. yeah. And they're hearing like, it's okay to be me, mm-hmm. which is what I did not know as a young mom, that it was okay to be me yeah. and not like babies. Like, you know, I didn't know it was okay to be me yeah. and, and love toddlers and up. If I could have birthed toddlers, we would have had a family of five children. <laughs> Instead, I felt like a terrible person. That's just different. uh, Babies are hard. You know, everybody, you know, you hear this advice like, oh, the time is just so precious and you just have to, I'm like, no, (laughs) babies are hard. Babies are hard. You lose your sleep. You feel like you're losing your mind sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's not all sweetness and light. Uh, it, It can be at moments, but it's, you know, somebody tell me the truth here. Yes. Yes. Somebody. Yes. And um and what I love about that is um you hold that in one hand, but then you're also like this La Leche League seventies natural childbirth hippie right. person who embraces all things infant. Yeah, I don't know. It's just two different it's it's this is great two sides of a coin for you. It was hard work. That's yeah. what I will I will say. Yeah. It was hard yeah. work. And I needed the influence of those women in La Leche League. Mm-hmm. To help me get through this hard work, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, because I'll tell this on Allie when she was a baby, I, she did not sleep unless she was touching my body. Oh. She did not sleep unless she was <laughs> touching my body. I had one of those things. I remember vacuuming with her on me. I remember yes. trying to get a suntan and I'm greasing all up, and she'd start crying. I have to run back and lie down, and then I, it was just. <laughs> It, it, it was not, so difficult. <laughs> it was so difficult. Yeah. And one of those ladies said, you know, oh she's God. probably going to grow up to be one of the most empathetic women. And she will, she, she said, I had a daughter like that. And she just clung to me. And, and she was so tuned in to people's feelings and empathetic. And absolutely, absolutely. she is. Which was, and, yeah, it's the, the and that intergenerational just, stuff. That just got me through that. Yeah. 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 That got me through. We, I think we should have her back and do an infant podcast. Oh, if you're really? Sure. And I, I did train as a doula at the Seattle Midwifery School. I didn't really ever do that full stop, mm-hmm. but I had that training and. And I just, and then I had all that training from La Leche League. I did that for years. Yeah. So I just know what I, what an emotional time it is. And yes, I'd love to do that. I think that yeah. 
would be a great resource. I do too. We haven't we haven't done breastfeeding and any body parts like make us pop over into Europe and Africa and yeah. the sex podcast. We that's went right. to Europe with the sex podcast. Mm. So yeah, we're due. That's good. We're due. That's so good. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. For this being has here. been great fun. <laughs> Everyone dreads it and then they're fine. Yeah, they're like, we're oh, done. That, that actually was sort of fun. So we're going to have these links in our show notes, uh, justaskyourmom.com, or you can look below on the podcast and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram anytime. Take five seconds to rate and review the podcast and share us with your friends and family. And send us your topic suggestions to justaskyourmompodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on Just Just Ask Ask Your Mom. Mom.